Hi. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. With all due respect, let's get the small talk. Welcome to Let's Give the Small Talk, a podcast show where we talk about it all, one topic at a time. I'm your host, Tyconis Allison. With that being said, ready, set, stimulate. Let's get small talk. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into episode 72 of Let's Skip the Small Talk. Today is going to be a very interesting episode because today we're going to go on a trip together to figure out what in the world is going on with these record deal contracts. This episode was inspired by one of my current favorite artists who just recently stated that he wished he never signed a contract. He went on to state how his record label have made millions off of him these past few years. However, he has yet to make a single million himself off of his music. And at this point, he wants to buy his way out of his contract. After reading another story about a musician feeling jerked and cheated by a record label, I felt compelled to take a deep look into the matter and try to figure out what the hell is going on. We all know some of our legendary musicians were done wrong in the past. However, the fact that it is still happening today, something is up. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. But before we embark on our investigation, first, let's talk about the podcast. If you enjoy Let's Skip the Small Talk and you would like to help the podcast reach its fullest potential, then by all means, please do so. All you have to do is simply text this episode link to one person in your phone. Just one. It truly goes a long way. Please continue doing so. Hey, as you know, there is nothing more powerful than a recommendation from someone you know. Word of mouth is bond. It helps out tremendously. So please, thank you in advance. I deeply appreciate it. All right, let's kick the show off with a little motivation. Three, two, one, score! Goal season is here. I repeat, goal season is here. Today is the day. What is today, you might ask? Well, I'll be happy to tell you. It's Finish Strong Friday. <clears throat> That's right. You know I'm going to say it again. It's Finish Strong Friday. Now, I want you to join me. Come on, on three. One, two, three. Finish Strong Friday. That's right. Yes, it is. That means one thing and one thing only. Everything you set out to do at the beginning of this week, today is the day we check it all off complete. Today is the day we finish what we started because we 
start to finish. We do not start to stop. We start to finish. Execute. 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 And when you have finished, because I know you will, because I believe in you, because I know you won't leave until the job is done. I want you to do one thing afterwards. We work hard. We play hard. I want you to enjoy your weekend because you earned it. So please check off those boxes, then kick back, relax, and enjoy this beautiful weekend. With that being said, let's grab our magnifying glass and let's take a closer look into these record deals. To sign or not to sign? Begs the question. Let's begin with what is a record deal and what do they typically entail? A recording contract, commonly known as a record contract or record deal, is a legal agreement between a record label and a recording artist. The artist makes a record or multiple records for the label to sell and promote. Record deals are recording contracts that are legally binding agreements that enables record companies to exploit an artist's performance in a sound recording in return for royalty payments. Okay, so that is what a record deal is. Now, what is inside? What's inside? Let's talk about it. Number one, exclusivity. The record contract will usually require the artist to sign to the label exclusively. Now, this means that they cannot record for another label without permission. Easiest way to think about this is a team, right? You play for one sports team at a time. Right. If you signed a contract with the Atlanta Falcons, the New England Patriots, the Dallas Cowboys, the Seattle Seahawks, the Boston Celtics, the New York Knicks, wherever you signed, that's the team you play for. That's the jersey you wear at every game and every night. So wherever you sign to make music, that's where you're going to make music. Number two, territory. What does territory include in a record deal? Here's what they mean by territory. Digital sales, tours, concerts, live performances, merchandise sales, endorsement deals, appearances in movies and television shows, songwriting, lyric display, publishing revenue, ringtone sales, territory. In a record deal? And in some, such as 360 deals, they want a piece of all of that. Because in their mind, you wouldn't be who you are without their help. So they want a piece of every pie. That's a 360 deal. In the past, it wasn't many 360 deals. There were different deals. But present day, majority of the time, They're going to offer you a 360 deal. 
They want a piece of all of the territory. All right. So exclusivity, territory. Let's move on. Term. Inside this record deal, you guys will discuss the term, the length of the contract. Normally, it is based upon how many albums you will provide the label. Some are three albums, five albums, and some are seven albums. For some artists, they put out an album every year. Some artists, like my favorite Rod Wave, on average, he puts out a project twice a year. Now, the murky waters come when they determine what is an album, what is an EP, what is a mixtape, what is a capsule, what is a project. That's what Tory Lanez dealt with. He signed a five-album deal with Interscope, and he put out 11 projects, and they said he did not fulfill his contract yet. So he had to put out one more album, a total of 12 projects to fulfill his five album deal. Mm, 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 mm. Boy, does it get dicey. Yes, it does. All right, let's move on. Right granted. So under most exclusive recording contracts, the artist will assign copyright and the sound recordings to the record company. Now, one thing I learned is that in your contract, it's important to see if you have the masters to your records, which in many cases, artists do not. They're usually signed over in the contract and they either buy them later on or they retrieve them when that contract has expired. So one thing I learned is some artists can get their masters back after a certain time length. So for example, Cameron, he signed a record deal to Asylum Records and they owned the masters to every album, to every song he put out while he was signed to them for the first eight years. It was owned by them. After eight years, it is now owned by Cameron. But in some cases, the record labels own them for 30 years. Hmm. Also included in Right Granite is album artwork and the artist's name and likeness. Yes, yes. They own your name and your likeness for however long it is termed in the contract. For example, let me tell you the story about Prince. For those of you who are not familiar Prince had a battle against his record label, Warner Brothers. Let me break it down for you. In 1993, Prince announced that he would no longer go by the name Prince. Instead, he wanted to go by a love symbol. Now, the love symbol was a mashup of the gender symbols of man and woman. The symbol was a rebellion against Prince record label. He first signed with Warner Brothers back in 1977 when he was still a teenager. And together, they produced some of his most famous albums, such as Purple Rain. But after inking a new deal in the early 1990s, Prince did not like the company's rigid production schedule. He wanted to release songs as soon as they were ready, like many other artists. 
Listen, if you just created something and you feel like it's the best thing you've ever made, you want to share it with your listeners. Prince had over 500 unreleased songs in his studio vault, but Warner Brothers said no. They believed that if Prince was to release any music at the time, it would saturate the market and dilute the demand for the artist's music. But Prince wasn't having it. He compared his contractual obligations to slavery, which is why he began performing with the word slave written on his cheek. Who remembers that? Who's seen a photo of Prince with slave on the side of his cheek? I have. If you haven't, Google. Google it. It's right there. And it's a reason why he felt like that. Because Warner Brothers owned the name Prince and all related music marketed under Prince until the year 2000 when that contract expired. Now, that's something we hear a lot of, how an artist wish they can release music when they like. But the thing is, is when you're on a record label, you're not the only artist. So the record label has a cycle. And if you didn't make the cycle, you will end up on the shelf. Listen, I'll say this. One thing I learned while taking a deep look into all of this is that record companies are in the business of music and the musicians are artists who love making music. Those two things are completely different. So let's not confuse them. Let's not. They are very different from each other, which is why it's called a partnership a lot of the times. You guys are partners. You guys have to work this out. You guys are supposed to work together. However, the record label usually has more weight or say so in the relationship, partnership. So if a record label doesn't feel like you're hot enough, they will decide not to give you the green light. And you cannot release the album you just spent working on for a year. Because they believe they will not make their money back from the money they put in the budget for you to make the album. And that's why many artists end up getting shelved. So the artist has to go out, create a buzz on their own, and then the label will release the album so they can make the money they projected to make off of you. That's what happened with K-Camp. Same thing with Frank Ocean. Listen, Frank Ocean signed to Def Jam Records in 2009, right? And quickly after he signed, he found himself between a rock and a hard place. The label wouldn't release his music because he didn't have a big enough profile. But he couldn't build a profile if no one could hear his music. So Frank took matters in his own hands. He used his own money, just like Kate Camp did, and started releasing mixtapes. Nostalgia, Ultra. The buzz around the mixtapes 
intrigued Def Jam and now they wanted to put out a debut album, which was Channel Orange, which ended up being nominated for Best Album of the Year in the 2013 Grammys. Now, here's what Frank did next. He realized he had a a little bit of leverage. So, he cut ties with his management, cut ties with his legal team, cut ties with his publicist, and all the money he generated, he'd used it to purchase his masters and bought himself out of his contract. Now, As a condition of the arrangement, Def Jam was given distribution rights to his next album, which was titled Endless. But Frank had a little demand of his own. Leverage, guys. Leverage. It's all about leverage. Frank insisted that this album, Endless, can only be a streaming video on Apple Music. Now, that put a dent in Def Jam's pocket because they weren't able to profit off the record fully. You know, it wasn't able to go to Spotify. It wasn't able to go to all these other places, SoundCloud, you name it, Amazon Music. Strictly a streaming video on Apple Music. And then guess what? The next day, no, literally. No, I can't make this up. Literally, the next day after Endless was released, Frank put out another album called Blonde. And he dubbed that his official second album, his official sophomore album to his debut, which was Channel Orange. He kept that album completely hidden from Def Jam. And the album sold out the roof and he was an independent artist and received every bit of the royalties frank ocean described the release as the final move in a seven year chess game that's what he told the new york times he wasn't playing checkers frank was playing chess there are countless stories like frank ocean K Camp, PNB Rock, who inspired this episode, and Prince. So, my question is why sign the contract in the first place? Well, hey, people have their reasons. For one, many people need the money, right? Making music isn't always profitable. So, If a label is interested in you and they offer you an advancement, a loan that needs to be repaid, an advancement of $2 million, $500,000, that's a come up. Now, is it great like long term? Even like, is it great after a year? Probably not. But in that moment, people need the money. Secondly, sometimes signing to a major label can be very beneficial, especially with all the connections they have, right? You could end up in commercials, right? How many times do you see Little Yachty in a Sprite commercial, right? Or Quavo in a Popeye's chicken commercial or Frito-Lay commercial 
or in movies or on soundtracks. PNB Rock was on the Fast and the Furious soundtrack or TV shows. Another reason why is some people would just rather have a machine behind them to help them with the business affairs while they focus on the art of creating the best music they can. Hey, everyone has their own reasons. Even though artists are still getting jerked by record labels today, there are new alternative routes. Right? Such as United Masters or TuneCore. And on top of that, with social media platforms, artists have a direct connection to their fan base. To their listenership so they could communicate with them directly and they can sell to them directly. Click on the link in the bio. Some things are changing. And some things will never change. Truth is, some people feel more comfortable with the established traditional route of signing a record deal. Opposed to taking a road less traveled. Being an independent artist is no cakewalk. It is not easy. It requires a very strong work ethic. You got to be a go-getter. You got to be a grinder. And you got to keep your eye on your money to make sure people aren't stealing your money. So not only are you finding ways to bring the money in, you got to make sure you know where every penny is going. You're in charge of everything. Everybody isn't built for that. No, sir. All in all, whatever you decide, make the best of it. Your experience doesn't mean it's going to be like everyone else's. You may sign the best record deal ever and the record label love you so much. Or you may not. It can only go one or two ways, right? Just remember this, though. A wise person learns from other people's mistakes. With that being said, let's jump into our next segment. Have a treat. As you know, each and every episode, I recommend something for you to read, something for you to watch and something for you to do because you deserve to treat yourself. You deserve a piece of your own pie. So you know what? Grab a fork. It's time for a treat. What I recommend you watch is Prince interview with Tavis Smiley. Check it out. Check it out. I remember watching this interview a few years ago when I was learning about Prince and getting familiar with his story. And it was a great, great interview. And he discusses everything I told you about what he went through in the 90s, plus more, plus more. So check it out. It's a very good interview. Prince interview with Tavis Smiley. It's on YouTube. The link will be on the official website, www.letskipthesmalltalk.com. Click on the tab that reads, have a treat. Scroll down of things to watch and there it will be. Click on the hyperlink. It'll take you right there. That's where all the treats are located. Everything I ever recommended to you is on the website waiting for you to click on it. All right. Now for something to read. What I would like for you to read is Prince's memoir. Guys, I tell you all the time, what is better than hearing someone's story 
from the person themselves. I just love that. I love first person accounts. So check out Prentice's memoir, The Beautiful Ones. Not only will it tell you about everything he endured throughout his career, but it will talk about his creation process. It will talk about his upbringing and his love for music, his personal life, and much, much more. Prince was an enigma. A lot of people didn't know which way Prince was coming from. They didn't know what he was going to do next. They didn't know what sound he was going to create next. Read his book. He'll tell you all about it. Who can tell you better about Prince than Prince himself? Once again, that is The Beautiful Ones by Prince. All right. Now for something to do. What I would like for you to do is watch Steve Stout's interview on The Breakfast Club. Steve Stout is the creator of United Masters. United Masters is a platform for independent artists they help with distribution, promotion, and many other things. Once again, earlier, we touched on it. It is an alternate route for artists, right? If you're not interested in signing over your life, your music, your creation, your thought process, your name, and you want to go a different route, and you feel like you got what it takes to be independent, check out United Masters. They just reached 1 million artists which is the reason why Steve Stout was on a breakfast club to celebrate that achievement. If you are a musician and you're listening to this right now and you're currently not signed to a record label, check it out. It may be for you. It may not, but you never know until you take a look. Once again, that is Steve Stout interview on the breakfast club, speaking all about United Masters, a platform he created for independent artists because he believes that record labels will be extinct. In a few years, hear him talk about it. Pretty interesting. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I deeply appreciate it. If you enjoy this episode, please text this link to one person in your phone so they can enjoy it as well. I deeply appreciate it. Before you leave, I want to leave you with this quote. There is number one, the music. Number two, the music business. Number three, the music industry. Love the first, learn the second, and outsmart the third. Thank you.